Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Sports fans, this is Aaron Warren and Stefan Heck. We have some breaking Canucks news. Huge, huge news. They've re-signed Massive. forward Philip DiGiuseppe, the two-year, two-way contract extension. Okay. Yeah. He's earned it. I'm, I'm fine with that. So do, do it for Burroughs next. Do it for Willannon next. You know? Yeah, like, I, was, I was reading some athletic stuff uh, earlier today, and apparently... There's been nothing really with Wolanin and uh, Burroughs for talks, but they have started conversations with Noah Juleson. So, I you know what? If you get depth that works, like I mean the Brisebois contract, I like. Yeah, I like he the earned it. Very low risk. Giuseppe contract as well. Like if if you have depth that works, lock it in cheap for a couple of years. Why not? You know, I I I like that a lot. Like I think one thing that this management team does so so much better than Jim Benning is they have cheap third and fourth liners. Absolutely. Uh, and cheap like D men other than like, Oh yeah. For the most part, they've been fault, good at but... finding them. Like yes. J- Dakota yeah. Joshua has been really good for his cost. Uh, yeah. Lazar. Like Willannon, was... I, w- I would love to see Willannon play a full year next year with yeah. the Canucks. Cause I think he's earned it. He's yeah. He's like I, I would like good. to see him at a close to league minimum. Maybe one way contract, like get, give him the uh, the Rathbone treatment from last year, like a two year, yeah. one million or whatever it is, uh, yeah. as a reward for how he's played this year. And I think he's been quite good with uh, with the big team. But this does actually, this is news dropped like two minutes before we started recording. Yeah, uh, it does tie into to something. Uh, the game last night and the ice time that players are getting from Talkit. <sighs> so I. Let me pull up some stuff here. What did you think of the game last night? Did you watch the whole thing? I watched uh, bits and pieces. I was I was out at a bar for a friend's birthday, so I was like watching ah, the yeah. game at the bar as well. But and then I watched the highlights when I got home. But um, it seemed like they played quite well. The uh, JT Miller is is playing great. The Kuzmenko goal was really sick. Yeah, um, the Kuzmenko goal was so cool, and so was the uh, the shorthanded JT Miller goal. I loved that. Like, was very nice. Obviously, Amen looks like good. like. JT was the driver behind that goal, but I loved Ahmed not just shooting, like the waiting yeah. for the secondary pass Very back. Very smart. The JT, yeah. and then yeah, he's Ahmed been great this year and, as well. Speaking yeah, of, like, he's another example pieces. of of. Uh, I mean, I guess he was drafted by Colorado. They didn't sign him. He was like a fourth rounder or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, then they did it with, uh, with Philip Johansson as well, who's the Canucks probably their top right hand D prospect. Yeah, apparently which is not saying much, but uh, like Drance was reporting in the Athletic uh, today or yesterday that he's going to get every opportunity to make the team out of camp next year. Like the team's really high on him. So that's awesome. I mean, I, I think like I, I do sort of like that strategy of like signing prospects that, you know, weren't signed by other teams because there was something there in the first place that got them drafted. Right. So maybe that something is still there and it's a development thing. Right. Like I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I watched, like I said, part of the game, watch the highlights. I definitely going in a hundred percent thought Ottawa was going to win because they've been pretty hot lately. They're like actually trying to make the playoffs and yeah. close to it. Um, but they shit the bed. Yeah, I they mean, did. They did big time. Uh, like at the end of the game, the, uh, the fantasy tests were pretty much even like senators had a slightly higher Corsi, but the Canucks had like slightly higher by like 50.5% higher expected goals. Like it looked pretty even there. Um, but I think I test the Canucks control the majority of play and there were definitely some score effects at the end where Ottawa's like trying to get back. And I guess they made it a bit interesting scoring those two late goals, but yeah, overall it was fun. And like, I took an edible before the game to try and enjoy it more. And I have to say like at the beginning, I'm like, oh wow, that Kuzmenko goes cool. And then just to see them score that shorthanded goal where it's back and forth, like 
I felt a little bit of like young me watching the West Coast Express years, but like, yeah, they're winning. Let's go. So it did make me a bit excited for for next year if if they can do it. But I think there's a very valid argument that I saw taking place today that like most of this team isn't going to be here next year anyways, or at least like a quarter of it, a third of it. It can't be. I think I know the exact thread you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was like Taj it was, it and was, going back and forth. Yeah. yeah. And and I and there are a few other people in there, a few like smart hockey reply people that uh, hockey Twitter people that I respect and everything and I I can kind of see both sides. Yeah, uh, me too. opinions here for sure. And like I think I agree with Drance and we've said this before after the Heronic deal. Oh, like there's definitely a chance the Canucks could make the playoffs next year as like a 95 point wildcard team. Like that's yeah. completely within reason. It's totally possible. Um, uh, you know, I'm not when when the Rock deal happened, neither of us were like, oh, this is going to make them like worse. Like, no, it's obviously going to make them better. The question is not can they make the playoffs next year or the year after? The question is like, what do they do after that? Right. Like, yeah. the question is. Are, are they gonna it's not are they good enough to be a wildcard team it's like what do they do to be better than a wildcard team yeah. and maybe it's just hughes and Pedersen continuing to get better which could happen maybe it's demko playing out of his mind I, like i don't know i think i think the ingredients like having a hughes pet look you cannot discount having a number one d a number one center and a number one goalie that the, totally the, the types of players that the canucks have are really really good and you know i've said before i trust this management group to build around them more than I would ever trust Jim Benning. That being said, like they're already, they've dug themselves such a huge hole. Well, not they have, they have a little bit, obviously the Miller stuff is looking a little better now in the short term, but like the OEL thing is not their fault, but that's like a huge issue to deal with. And like, that's something that's going to have to be dealt with in the off season. And, you know, we've talked about this and, you know, people on Twitter have talked about this, but it really does seem like it's heading towards a buyout, which I'm fine with, but it, do you do you think this team can be like a full on cup contender in the next two or three years? And like, like I said, I can see them winning around. You know. Yeah. Um. I just don't. I don't know. Like, can you see them getting past like I, Colorado? Can so you see them getting past like, Edmonton, even right? Like, I want to believe. This is basically where I, I'm at. I would love like, to believe. How how many times have we said we would love to be wrong? Right. Yeah. How many times have we said that? Like, I would love to believe as well. But it, I was I, thinking about this today because we were talking about like how we'd love to be wrong, et cetera, on the last uh, Patreon episode that we recorded last yeah. week, uh, patreon.com slash I hate this team. And there was something that I was like, wow, I really was wrong because on a recent podcast before the deadline, I was like, they must have identified that the team wasn't as good as they thought they were. And they've made like these yeah. astute selling moves. And then they went out well, and got heroic. So I was, that's what it I seemed was wrong like about that. that. I, I was wrong about that too. Like we were tricked by the Horvat trade that absolutely. Yeah. We, we did not think they were going to use that first rounder at, at, in a deal because they essentially explicitly said that they weren't going to do that. Yeah. Um, so I'll admit it. I was wrong about that, you know, so, but <laughs> So yeah, with the, the team being like a contender and just back to last night a little bit because they're like JT Miller was the first star of the game, watching the game. You're like, wow, he's great. And I guess you were at the bar, so you didn't hear it. But the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast was sucking They were him like off gassing him up right? for like yeah. three hours. It was nonstop yeah. filleting about like how good he is and he's received criticism in this market. But look at how good he is, etc. And I was like kind of curious and I went and looked at Natural Stat Trick last night. Yeah. At the five on five like lines, right? And I was really shocked to see that like okay, so JT Miller's line with G Giuseppe and Brock Besser were playing against uh the top line for Ottawa, the, the Kachuk line. Yeah. They were out core seed uh twelve to five. They were out chanced eleven to two. And they yeah, they're what was their high danger they're out chanced high danger one to five. Yeah, and their expected goals uh, percentage was was forty. So like their underlings were really bad, and I guess like J T Miller's goal came shorthanded. The Kuzmenko goal that he set up was was that power play? Uh, I f- I don't think so. Maybe it was. Okay, well, um, it, National Stat Trick doesn't have them as having a. Uh, it was a really nice goal. Uh, yeah, there was also like. Miller did a great job. The pass the, was great. Yeah, no. So like, back and, there yeah. were these really good moments, and again, I test. I was like, oh yeah, he's playing good. 
But then I look underneath the hood. And I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe I got tricked. I don't know. So is this like same old JT Miller can't play center? Or was, you know, the Senators top line that good that then they sure they were outchanced 11 to 2, but they kept him off the board? Or is that just like bounces and puck luck, right? Yeah, I mean, it just comes down to just just like looking at the the big picture as well. Like, is this how different is this bump from the Boudreaux bump? And it seems to be different because the team is playing with more structure. Yeah, they do um, look defensively more sound. And just I, even from an eye test perspective, yeah, totally. like they and obviously they're getting really good goaltending too. But like, you're getting good goaltending and you're playing better defense, like average defensively, which is like a huge step up. You know, it's not like they're playing like incredible defensively. No, they're playing average defensively, but average for this team is incredible. Yeah. And you're, Um, you're seeing more back checking and you're seeing not as many defensive gaffes. And like, this was another thing we said on the Patreon episode, but like there's also, I think clearly been addition by subtraction with just OEL being out. It makes the team so much better. Yeah. So much better. It's insane how much better they are. It's fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> it's nuts. OEL is just like, OEL dragged this team down, and I feel like it was, it, it almost like, the rest of the team like knew it too, probably, right? Yeah, they like, have to, at least on some level, right? Like, yeah. You, you, so OEL, OEL gone next year, you plug Hronik in. I mean, I would love to see Hronik play this year at some point. I want to actually watch him play. Mikheyev's coming back as well. Like, th- there's every possibility for this team to be a wild card playoff team next year especially in the west and the pacific but again like <laughs> they're very deep on the wings they are it's <laughs> it's just very funny like i think this is a situation where so one thing that and you'll remember this and our listeners will remember this but during the jim benning era the refrain from a lot of the jim benning supporters after he made like an on its face very stupid move was let's wait and see right yeah and that was like wrong to do for moves that you could immediately tell we're incorrect. But this is a situation where this is like the correct time to wait and see about the team, right? Like, yeah, they're playing well right now, but let's wait and see how they do next year because we have seen this so many times before, right? Like, will this carry over to next season? I hope it does, but here's a a sobering thing that I I read again from Dresden at the Athletic today. But so the Canucks have 22 points in their last 19 games since uh, Tocket took over. You know who else has 22 points in their last 19 games? The Ducks and the Coyotes. And you don't see the conversation around those two teams being like, oh, well, look, they're finding ways to play better. And like with some smart moves in the offseason, they could be wild card playoff teams because the West is a weaker uh, conference or whatever, right? Like those teams is being seen for what it actually is, which is there's no stakes. Players are playing for you know, two-year contract extensions and other teams aren't taking them as seriously. They're playing backup goaltenders, etc. So I I think it is important to still look at how they're performing through that lens. Even though like the Canucks obviously have Pedersen and Hughes and Demko who are playing out of their minds and are elite players that uh, those two other teams don't have. I just thought it was like interesting. The result has been exactly the same oh it, i mean it's it, it's very funny like it's not the bar is so low right like i yeah. there was the post there was the post yesterday um from cody severson uh who was like oh i've got it right here bring out the receipts during another classic mean nothing game in march gotta collect those e-wins when you can when you can as the club pushes for a worse draft spot meanwhile boston clinched playoffs with like 30 games left on the docket keep lowering that bar folks and I mean, I fully agree with that, right? Like, obviously, the Canucks are so far away from being that type of team, but like, yeah. the bar is so so low because of the past decade, and I think that just naturally happens because the hockey has been so bad for so long, and that's just a like it. It's happening for me as well, right? Like, it it happened at the start of the season, and it's going to happen at the start of next season, where I think we're going to go into it, and I'm sure we're going to be like, hey, I I would love to see. Uh, the Canucks make the playoffs this year as a wildcard team. Let's have mm-hmm. some fun. Let's watch them. You know, I'm going to cheer for them to win, right? Like th- the bar is low, but like, I mean, they're not going to go from this to a contender overnight. And uh, like I said earlier in the episode, like my big worry is where do they go? Once, once they become that wildcard team, which I think they will, 
Mm-hmm. Once that happens, where do they go from there, right? Like, who do yeah, they have coming they, up in terms of prospects? They have the they have one of the worst prospect groups in the league. They'll have it. It'll be slightly better this year after the draft, assuming they keep their pick. But but like they better. Like I I just don't I don't see. Are they going to keep trying to take shortcuts? Because if you do that, you better yes. fucking hope it works, right? Yes, like, they I, will. I mean, of course they are. Like yeah. that that I guess has to be the. You know, the path into the future, like they, okay, hopefully hit it out of the park with a first round pick this year that's contributing next season or the season after immediately, right? Uh, I would love for them to take a guy who can play in the AHL this year. You know what I mean? Take a, take a Reinbacher, take uh, like Dvorsky or something, right? Like take one of those guys who can, who you can have like team control over this year like playing just outside Vancouver in the AHL, right? Like I would fucking love that. Yeah. That'd be great. You so know, you look at like D- David Yurachek in the AHL this year, right? He's he's been huge. You you need to hope that like Heronic is uh like they've been pretty good at pro scouting so far since Alvina Rutherford took over, yeah. right? So you have to hope that, sure. that is just as good, but with you know, the expectations being higher because he is a higher pedigree player. He's playing well this year. So he has to one hundred percent hit. And then I guess you would have to keep doing deals like that to somehow make the team really good. I just I don't know how you're going to be able to shore up center depth like that to well, build an actual contender. And they're Jackson also McDonald, missing like elite players yeah. as well. Sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, no. Jackson McDonald said it after the Ronick deal. Like, look, like they've set the bar now. The expectation now is that this is like a contending team within two years. And if they're not a contending team within within two years, they've failed. Like. Mm-hmm. Like that's they've set those expectations themselves by making these types of moves, right? And I agree with that. I think this team needs to be a contending team in two years. And is that possible? I don't fucking know. There's so many things that need to happen still, right? Like this offseason is I mean, how many fucking times have we said this? But this offseason is so important for the team. And there's so many changes that still need to be made. You know, like I said, wildcard team, I can absolutely see that. Contending team, I don't know. Like a lot of things need to go yeah. right. And in the Canucks 50 plus year history, how many things have ever really gone right for them? Five (laughs) things ever. (laughs) So you're expecting a lot. Right. And, uh, I, I agree with Jackson and I, and, and I think that's, you have to hold them to that standard now. Like they've done this to themselves. It's like, okay, you want to take these shortcuts, go ahead, but we're going to hold you to the standard of this is a playoff team next year. And this is a contending team in two years. Exactly. It, it, it kind of, it, well, it has to be based on what they've done. The, the timeline, you ha- it has to. Otherwise, like, this is the thing I don't get with, with like, the whole idea of, like, oh, well, you have to try and win now because of Pedersen and Hughes, right? Because they're going to leave otherwise or they're going to they're gonna ask out. Mm-hmm. And maybe that is true, right? I, I'm sure they don't want to be here for, like, a, a, even, like, a two-year rebuild, right? Yeah. But if you top out as a wildcard team and don't go any further than that, they're probably going to want out from there as well. Yeah. So, like, in, in which case, you've you've just push the rebuild down the road once again, right? Well, there's so, that quote from Pedersen last week that he just wants to do whatever it takes to win, which yeah. to me, like, and maybe this is just because it's what I want to hear. It's like, he would be open to doing whatever it takes in order to win, like eventually. Right. So yeah. would, would he be down for, for this? I don't know. Like it, it, but like, I don't think you can run your team just based on trying to keep top players happy. Like, you should be keeping the top players happy by building a contender and having like a good direction. So it's yeah. Like it's kind of neither here nor there. So I guess we think it's going to be a big off season. Right. But I'm, I've been thinking about this a lot and will it be because what are like the biggest moves they could make? Right. That we were talking about before. It's like the OEL buyout. OEL buyout. Yes. Trading Myers, trading Myers. That's like pretty big. It'll be interesting. I mean, that's, to see that's if a, well, in like terms of like in terms of it. money. Yeah. yeah, in terms of money, that's a big move. In terms of like the player's ability, it's not a a huge move necessarily. Yeah. But like in terms of just like making over like the culture of the team, like I would still count those moves as major surgery, even though both those players are like actively bad and making the team. Yeah, you're worse. removing and a it's, tumor. And it's like you're an not getting obvious. You're yeah, not getting that, it's an that obvious move surgery where they like cut the top of your penis and pull some more out. So then you have a longer penis, right? Yeah. Which maybe yeah. they should do that, but I guess um, an I easy, mean, like, I, I, 
an easier example would have been breast implants, but. As, yeah, as I like dude. that. I like that example though. That's yeah. good. Um, um, you said like Miller, the Miller trade. So yeah, there's like, there's talk about still like happen. before the his deadline. value's got to be up now, right? Yeah, Miller like, and Demko. But if the internal logic is we're a playoff team next year, and M- Miller's been playing better, and he's a center or whatever, we need a young center coming back. Are they really going to pull the trigger on a forward-thinking move to get out of this contract? Or like, who would they be asking want, for in return in order to like make that deal happen? Right. Well, like, I mean, this is like, <laughs> this is like really, really, uh, I, this is pie in the sky, obviously. But like, best case scenario for me would be the Canucks somehow win the lottery. You have Connor Bedard as your second line center next year. Yeah. Pedersen is your first line center. You trade Miller for like another young defenseman. Um. And then you have this like remade defense core. You know what I mean? And yeah. Bedard slides in to replace Miller. And, You're right. Like, that is extremely pie in the sky. Very, very, very <laughs> pie in the sky. But like, you know, there's like a two percent chance of that happening, maybe. But I, I think if they if they miraculously won the lottery, which does not seem like uh, I mean, even, I'll tell even you, there is a six percent chance of that happening right now yeah and right it's just now. gonna get lower and lower so well, i would be shocked if it happened obviously the, but if they do you slide in bedard as your second line center uh and you can get rid of miller and it's kind of as simple as that you've got amen as your fourth line center you sign like barbashev as your third line center that's fine and and trade miller for like a young defenseman you know Mm-hmm. I'm I'm on board with that. So I mean, obviously, I'm. A, oh, oh, that's insane to say. Like, yeah, I'm on board with them winning the draft lottery. <laughs> okay, so here's <laughs> here's a bit of cope. Uh, if you're, I, well, I mean, if you're listening to this episode, I'm sure you want the team to tank. But the Canucks are now 25th by point percentage. Uh, their their big win streak has had them overtake Montreal and Philadelphia, which stinks. Then they are two points behind St. Louis. Uh, with the exact same amount of games played. Uh, however, after St. Louis, to get from 24th to 23rd, it's like Detroit, Washington, Buffalo. Like, clearly better re- teams be really in hard. playoff races, which also makes the, uh, <laughs> the the trade with Detroit that much funnier. Uh, but they're like six points behind Detroit with the same amount of games played. So they would have to go on an incredible heater in order to really dip below that. And then... They're even so top 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 ten pick is like top ten pick is pretty much pretty much locked in. That's nice. Um, And then like so, say they drop below St. Louis, their lottery odds go from six percent to five percent. And then if they drop to tenth, it's five percent to three point five percent. That would suck, but I don't see them finishing higher in the standings than Detroit. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So (sighs) yeah, top ten is nice. I mean, I you're gonna get a really good player there. I jokingly tweeted like, oh, we're entering the Colby Barlow zone. But like, <laughs> you know, picking him at 10 would not be the worst. Like, you're going to get, like you said, you're going to get a good, let me just look at like, uh, just like a mock you're getting draft. Your the mock drafts prospect. are all over the place. But there was one mock draft. I forget what website it was, but they had Mitchkov going 13th to Montreal. And it's like, I don't, I don't think that's happening. Oh, hell no. I, that, if, if something happens where him. the Canucks are down there and they pass on Mitchkov, I'm going to be so fucking ornery. Oh. But so so got I've the got Russian them connection. T- it's fine. It'll so this happen. is the tank, the tankathon mock draft, which I don't know where they're pulling this from necessarily, but they have the Canucks taking Andrew Crystal and it's pronounced Crystal, by the way. I was listening to I was watching some of his highlights uh, at number eight, which I can't see them doing, given there are a lot of centers available. Like, I think they would probably yeah. take Oliver Moore or something over him. I mean, I wouldn't I, I really like Andrew Crystal, but the the optics of the Canucks taking like a small skilled winger. Uh, yeah. eighth overall seems a little out there for me, but, um, and again, I, I, I think I, in that position, maybe they take Reinbacher. Um, maybe they take even one of like the Russian defense. I would, like there's, yeah, I would they're still going to get a very good prospect. I would feel they're taking Reinbacher if they're like at eight and he's on the board. That makes if a he, ton of if sense. If he's on the board at eight, I think they are running up there to take Reinbacher. Like mm. I, I, I can't see as it's like, just from what everyone's talking about right now, like Reinbacher feels like a type of like, Benson feels like he could maybe fall and Reinbacher goes ahead of him even, right? Like, which would be crazy, mm-hmm. but like uh, we've seen it happen in, in drafts before, right? Like you, you still see smaller skilled players like Quinn Hughes, you know, he, yeah, he should absolutely. not have been picked where he, where he was picked. Like, I, um, yeah, like I, 
I mean, if Benson's available, I'd love to see them take him as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Like and Benson also like theoretically could be a center, even though I know a lot of scouts think at the NHL level he will shake out into being a winger. Yeah, but, he's a smaller guy, obviously, but yeah. like he he can play center, maybe. I mean, I just I don't know. Will Smith, you know, seems like a player who's going to go around five or six. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think. Well, one thing I was going to say is we're doing. I think we're most likely doing a live stream for the draft lottery, which is going to be hell. But we should yeah. definitely do one for the actual draft itself too. Yeah, that'd be super fun. Um, because that'll be on like a Friday afternoon, and that's that's always a good time. Man, I'm I'm so excited for the draft. This is the most excited I've ever been for a draft. I think. Man, right now um, in the second round, Detroit has three consecutive second round picks at forty, forty one, and forty two. If the season were at to end today, and like you know, the lottery shook out how. And two first rounders. I mean, they're oh, they're they're man. doing it the right way. I love what they're doing over there. Um, Lucky fuckers. I, uh, yeah. I mean, anyway, yeah, the, but like, the Canucks could still get a second rounder. I'm I'm just like coping right now. Back, back to what I was thinking about before. Like, there was all this buzz about Miller and Demko deals, right? And I yeah. think that's what we we're considering as as major surgery. But if the internal logic is we're making the playoffs next year, yeah. unfinished business. You're yeah. not letting go of Miller and Demko, right? Like, there's no way. I, I, I think, like I said, I think the only way they're letting go of Miller now is if they get a top two pick and get one of Bedard or Fantilli, basically. Like, I think that's yeah. the only way. Oh, I actually right. do. I do want to talk about this because yeah, there was a there was a poll going around Twitter, um, which was, would you uh, would you trade Elias Patterson straight up for Connor Bedard? Yes. Next question. I mean, that is the <laughs> I, look. I we both fucking love Patterson. Like we love Patterson. He is a, clearly a fantastic player. Like, and and he's getting better. But I'm I'm sorry. Like, if if you wouldn't take Bedard for like, it's just crazy to me that. So the 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 results on the poll. Let me let me pull them up right now. Mm-hmm. Um, While you're doing that, I just ran three. Tankathon lottery. So I was yep. looking at that mock draft for the Canucks to win the draft or win the lottery. Yeah. It had both Vancouver and St. Louis going up seven positions to pick one Works or for two. Me. Works for me. Yeah, that's fine. That sounds good. So the question was would you trade Elias Patterson straight up for Connor Bedard? 71.8% yes. 28.2% no. 22.8% uh, are buying all, credit cards at the, he, the game. Uh, for <laughs> real. Signing uh, up almost, for almost, almost 2,000 votes. Like that. That is so. Look, I know Pedersen is a known quantity, but uh, there were people in my replies because I quote tweeted and I was like, "What is going on here?" Who were like, "Oh, what about like Pat Falloon or like Alexander da- uh, Dag?" Like, yeah, it's it's just Dag? like Dagle? I think I, I think the L is silent. I could be wrong, but anyway, I mean, yeah, those guys were like huge busts, but like that's like not going to happen with Connor Bedard. Scouting has changed so much yeah. over the past like two or three decades, and like. That's just not going to happen. Like even Lafreniere, yeah, like he's not what he was like hyped up to be. But this is like a different thing, very clearly. And like Absolutely. you can't see that. And Bedard on an ELC is going to be the most valuable contract, the most valuable piece in the entire NHL by far. Mm-hmm. Like, like but even ELC, from like a dollars in, dollars out, like long term cap management, it makes sense, right? Like you're oh, getting yeah. th- like three years of him on an ELC and then you can sign him for a nice juicy RFA contract. I mean, right? you, like, you have to assume Bedard will be at least as good as Patterson uh, in, in within like two or three years anyway. Right. Like, yeah. Like the, I, the way, the way he's trending, like, there was some, I feel like he's going to be like 30, 30 in his first year. I saw one reply that was like, well, Patterson's two way game. It's uh but Bedard has a good two-way game as well, <laughs> yeah, and know, that's just right? going to get better too. He's such a smart player. Like I, I just, I really think it's it's fans who are underestimating Bedard. It's fans who, it's just the same fans who don't understand the importance of cap space as well. Yeah, and where the Canucks are in their in their rebuild. The question <laughs> fans like Alvine and Rutherford who don't understand. I mean, yeah. Well, it's 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 funny because like the question to ask. So there are people who were like, oh, Pedersen's like the known quantity or whatever. But the question to ask them is like, would a team with Bedard trade him straight up for Pedersen? And no, the answer is no, hundred times out of a hundred. And uh, like, it's anyway, it's just fucking crazy that there's just this subset of fans that just like will not get it. And <laughs> the only team that would do that is the Vancouver Canucks in an alternate universe where they don't have yeah. Pedersen, but they have the first overall pick. Yeah, I mean, for real. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 so, so that subset of fans, and this kind of brings me into 
So wait, iMac. Wait, Philadelphia might do it. Philadelphia might do it. Too. Okay, but iMac um, had a had a post yesterday, sort of like dunking on on Trance about the Kuzmenko getting traded for a late first rounder thing, mm-hmm. and whatever. I, I don't want to get into that argument, but it's just like, and this goes with the, that subset of fans I was talking about. It's so fucking insane to me that like y- you have been like measurably wrong for the better part of a decade now. I'm talking about iMac, and I'm talking about those fans, like just like wrong about almost everything right and you're dunking on people for their takes or their opinions like you're not in a position to do that i'm sorry i'm not saying you can have those opinions if you want you can go ahead and continue to be wrong about stuff but you cannot Mm. i I mean that is so insane to me because these are people who are just incapable of like self-reflection incapable of admitting that they were wrong like it's it's the fans who and i've said this exact scenario before but they loved the good branson trade in the first place they loved when he was re-signed and they loved when he was traded for pearson because they just love everything the team does no matter Mm -hmm. what and i'm sorry you can have those opinions like i said but you you aren't allowed to get into debates or arguments and you fucking definitely aren't allowed to dunk on other people who are like actually coming up with like informed takes and have been right more often than wrong yeah like pretty funny like the i mean we've read old imag articles on here before oh, we know yeah. it but the first reply comes from at underscore proto who uh is a screenshot of imag right after the oel trade saying yeah dude. after years of increasing pain the canucks have amputated their salary cap mistakes the team is considerably better with oel and garland but with most major surgeries there are long-term dangers to the blockbuster of arizona well you're certainly right about that last bit <laughs> Dude, um, I, I mean, yeah, I, he he threw in the long term danger thing or whatever, just just to, you know, keep, sort of keep his opinion a little bit safer, I guess. But like, he clearly thought it was a good move. I mean, the Good Branson article, which we've talked about on here before, I think word for word. Yeah. Um, I I linked to that. I mean, I'll just read the intro again. Yeah, the game has never it. been played on paper. If it were, Eric Good Branson would not have been re-signed by the Vancouver Canucks. But general manager Jim Banning and coach Travis Green work on ice, and the six foot five defenseman who can skate and physically punish opponents who will stand up for teammates was simply too big a fish to throw back to the rest of the NHL. Uh, and it gets crazier and worse from there. But like basically, just like I know he's like a shill for the team. Yeah. And I know there are fans of the team who will never think who thinks this team can do no wrong. And if you want to be a fan like that, that's totally fine. But I I mean, once again, I'm sorry. To, to to like dunk on like Drance or like really anyone who's been like realistic about where this team is, who has been right more often than wrong. Like, where do you where do you well, get off doing that? You've never admitted to being wrong and you've been wrong about almost and, everything for a decade. And specifically about Kuzmenko, right? Like, this has been something that I've wanted to talk about for a while now because I was being driven insane watching. It was one of the Sportsnet broadcasts like midweek earlier this week. And they were talking about how Kuzmenko has the highest shooting percentage in the league. Yeah, it's and they were, like 26%. It's 26.9 after last night because yeah. he scored again, I, right? So effectively well, I 27% do, scoring. I wonder if like Cam Sharon will look into this, but I do wonder how much of that is because like how many goals has he scored where it's just him tapping it in at the side of the net, right? Like, Yeah, like there's a lot. Those haven't happened as much recently, though. Like his goal true, last guess, night was yeah. sick. Like he... Yeah. Awesome toe drag in. Yeah. Like he's clearly a talented player. And this yeah. is something I would also love to be wrong about because I love watching Andre Kuzmenko score goals. Oh, he's awesome. I want to get I want to get his jersey for a reason. W- w- he fucking rocks. But if I was to put money on it, he's not going to keep scoring at a 27% rate. Like he no. has 32 goals on only 119 shots. That's wild. And then the yeah. national conversation about it is that this is a good thing because he's picking his shots. And I mean, we've seen that time and time again, where that's like clearly incorrect and clearly yeah. wrong. Like, I don't know. I, okay, his well, shooting percentage will come down clearly, and he will probably score less goals I'm, next I'm gonna, year. I think he's still going to be a valuable piece, but I'm going mean, to look it up. Like, I'm going to look up last. So from 2018 to 2019, so the last five years, all players, and we're going to sh- sort by shooting percentage. So who has like the highest shooting percentage over that clip? Oh, uh, I need like how do I filter for number of games played? Fuck. Uh, 
Oh, because it's like sure, I'm, I'm getting, yeah. you know, Matt Cullen, who. Uh, right, right. Yeah. Wait, no. <laughs> Garrett Pillon, who played three games, took one shot and scored a goal. Yeah. Um, OK, well, I'll just like there's games played here. So, yeah, the best one of like actual NHL players is uh, Leon Dreisaitl, who has scored uh, on 20 percent of his shots over the last five years. Twenty point yeah. two. Right. And then what's the next one? Then Braden Point, 19%. Mark Shifley, 18.7. Yeah. Uh, TJ Oshie, 17.8. Barbashev, Stamkos. Yeah, Stamkos is one where he, he's just like always got a kind of high shooting percentage. Yeah, exactly. You know? And there's been players like that historically. Like, remember yeah. fucking Hey Duke back in the day? Yeah, maybe because Menko will be will have a high shooting percentage, but there's no fucking way it's going to be twenty six point nine percent next year. Actually, like, uh, yeah, Elias Pettersson is like fifty fifth among all all players. Um, yeah, but his is sixteen point five. Connor McDavid is also sixteen point five. Like, you are predicating that he's like because I've seen people in these replies saying, well. It's only his first season in the NHL, and now he knows what the NHL game is about. Yeah, but he's so 27 years old. I would expect him old. to come back next year and score 50 goals because he's more aware of the NHL game. It's like, there's no fucking way unless he like doubles the amount of shots that he's taking because I'm sorry, like he's good. He's not Leon Dreisaitl good. But, but also, he's not measurably even better that, than Leon Dreisaitl Even if good. that were true, and I think on some level it is true, like, yeah, he's like learning his way through the NHL. That means other teams, other players other coaches other video coaches are learning about him too so they're going to be able to shut him down better because yeah. they're learning his tendencies right like, so also, it works both ways look at like it, the exact same thing happened with brock besser in his rookie year right and that yeah. had more cause to be optimistic about like he yeah. comes in I mean, he this got great he got shot. hurt that that back injury i just yeah. I still think about that man i remember seeing that happen and just like Oh, I mean, that fucked him. Basically. It blows. Yeah it, it, yeah, it blows big time. Yeah. But what was I going to say? Right. Like the conversation at the time was like, he's going to be perennial yeah. 30, 40 goal scorer. He might have a 50 yeah. goal season. And I'm looking at that. Was as a, that was as this a young he's kid. Different. This yeah. is why his shooting percentage is high as he knows how to pick his shots. He's great at getting yeah. into open ice. And then Besser has said it himself in interviews that like after the first year, teams learned how to key in on him more and that open yeah. ice just wasn't there as much yeah. and it wasn't like he got any worse and that's another thing like Kuzmenko has been really good at getting into positions where he's open and like you said video coaches teams are going to be able to learn to shut him down if he is like truly this good of a player like yeah uh, yeah like again uh, I would love to be wrong I would love to see a 40 goal Kuzmenko season next year where the Canucks are you know yeah. Second I mean, we, we might Pacific. see a forty-goal season this year. The way yeah, he's playing, totally. I mean, which is sick, you know. He's like got thirty-two I, so far. I love it. Like, like I, I've, I've said, like, if the next jersey I get, which I don't see happening for a while, um, but I would love a Kuzmenko jersey. It'd be dope. Great number. Oh, yeah. Great name. Would look great on a skate jersey. Um, but I mean, I'm not going out of my way to buy a Canucks jersey anytime soon. Oh hell no. Um, but I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, it's. I guess it's just sort of crazy to me, given 50 plus years of this team's existence, given the last decade, given everything we know about this organization. And I know it's kind of stupid to think about like, oh, the hockey gods or like luck or whatever. Like, I, I know yeah. that that's not how it really works. But like, I don't understand how people can be this positive. I, I, and, and if you are more power to you, you know, but I just, I don't fucking get it. Like, are you just like, I, it, so much of it to me feels like you're just burying your head in the sand and hoping everything's going to work out. And like, that's just not how it works. You know, like mm -hmm. I would love it to work that way and maybe it will. Right. Yeah. But it'd be cool. <laughs> it, even if it does like the, the process behind it is not the, I, I don't know. I mean, I just can't believe we're still having this discussion after a decade of this, but believe uh, it, baby. look, go, going into this year, going into next year, we want this to be a playoff team. Like, I don't want to tank next year. I'm, I'm, I am, I'm fucking tired of this team sucking ass, right? Mm. I, would, I would love to be in a situation where we're cheering for them to make the playoffs next year. I would love to be doing that. But I, I you know, it, it, where, where do we go after that, right? It, it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, that's, and that's maybe, kind of, maybe just, Pedersen and Hughes are good enough, but I, I just I hope so. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, here's another thing from last night. Ice time. 
Quinn yes. Hughes, uh, 28 minutes and 46 seconds. God. Pedersen, 24 minutes, 10 seconds. JT Miller, 22 minutes, 22 seconds. Tyler Myers played 21. It's um, so funny that Talkit came in talking about. Yeah, oh, we're not gonna like we're not gonna like ride the really good players anymore. And then that's like exactly what he's done. Yeah, he's, he's like ridden them like, more. Which oh, our, the rest of the team is not good. We have to do this. I mean, I guess as like a hockey fan, it's cool being able to watch Quinn Hughes skate for twenty eight minutes a night. Like you get to see him do like cool stuff. But on the opposite end of the spectrum, Puck Colson played just over eight minutes, and same with Krasov. There's like eight oh four and eight thirty three. Yeah, that stinks. It sucks. Give us some ice I mean, this, time. The season's a write-off. Like, what are you? What Fuck. are you doing? I don't get it. And they've always been like this, right? It's just yeah. And then like they they, they start winning this time of year, and it's just and, like, and damn, it's one thing if yeah, it's one thing if like you were trying to make the playoffs, but like how does it just keeps happening? It keeps happening. They're, and, yeah, they're kicking themselves in the nuts. Like yeah. What like what are you get? What are you trying to prove by playing Clint Hughes that much? Like you're putting him at a greater risk of injury. Yeah. Uh yeah. you're I mean like Which Kyle, would help with the tank, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the same with like Pedersen as well, right? Like maybe you're trying to gas him up because you want him to sign long term and but I'm trying I just I don't get the logic at all. It doesn't make sense no. to me. Besides uh, no. unless it's we want to win games, which yeah, I suppose so. Looking at the other defenders ice time is so funny too cuz you've got Quinn Hughes at 20, well basically 29 minutes. You got yeah. Tyler Myers are just over 21. And then the next closest was Juleson at 16 minutes. Breeze bought 16 minutes. Wolanin played 15. And uh, Burroughs played 12 and a half. It's so funny how like four AHL defenders are just like so much better than OEL. Like, yeah. So much better. <laughs> like it's, it's to the point where the way he pl- he's played this year and, and with how fucked he is from his injuries, mm-hmm. like I don't know that he would be good in the AHL. Like he he just seems like beyond done at this point. Yeah. So maybe maybe long term injury in the off season. I mean that's kind of it's as it's as much as it sucks to say because like I'm sure he's a nice guy and and you don't want to see this for anyone. But like clearly that's like best case scenario for the it's, team. It's the cleaner thing to do to buy him out. Like back to our big off season talk. Like. Mm-hmm. But obviously stuff has to happen. Like it really has to because they have, you know, ERFAs to resign, Kratzoff, yeah. uh, Ethan Bear, Mills Hoaglander. Um and just not the cap space to do it. So the money has to come off the books from somewhere, be it yeah. Besser, be it Garland, Myers, OEL, right? Yeah. I, I almost feel like the cleaner thing to do while you are gonna have, you know, shitty dead money down the road is to get rid of OEL because just like the logistics of fitting in like, what is it? 7.26 on LTIR. Yeah. Like, cause you still have to be cap compliant and then it happens. Like there's going to be a lot of fucking cap gymnastics going on, like on to make that work. So maybe the team hopes he is better and like healthy and then they can buy him out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, he's such a huge problem for the team and yeah it's again to go back to like iMac attempting to dunk on anyone just the fact that he thought the trade was fine the fact that you can go back and find so many posts from people who are still posting today on canucks twitter where they were like oh is like a number one defenseman he's gonna be great and it's just like how are you like still showing your face here how are you still posting like you didn't have the fucking stupidest take of all time that was like immediately proven wrong basically um i just i don't get it man like i i i'm I'm trying to look i had that attitude as a kid i mean you mentioned it right like growing up west coast express being like oh the canucks are gonna they're they're gonna do it you know like i I want them to be good every year kind of thing like there was no thought of like tanking really no hell no thing um but they were also clearly a team on the rise not like a team that like we thought was kind of on the rise and then has been on the decline like You know, if Naslin put up his his Art Ross year, uh, he won the Art Ross, right? Or was it again? I forget now. Shit. I what think. What type of Canucks historian? What didn't uh, he like lose it? Let me was let it, me check his. Uh, we choked. Anyways, oh, when he was really, putting up yeah. that like MVP caliber season, yeah. And if the Canucks were at the time like twenty fifth in the league or whatever, 
Like yeah. that's the difference. He won the, like, the Lester B. Pearson Award, right, which is voted right, by right. the players. Yeah. Um. Which is now the uh, the Ted Lindsay Award. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to find uh, Ian McIntyre's like uh, article about signing Tyler Myers. I'm sure that one's pretty funny, but I just found this one uh, from 2020 where uh, he's he sat down, had a big conversation with Myers, and they were comparing uh, the good Jets teams. Uh, Patrick Lane was 19, Kyle Connor 20, uh, Ellers 21, Josh Morrissey 22, Shifley was already start 24. Uh, Myers Canucks features veterans JT Miller, Alex Edler, and Chris Tanev, and young stars Brock Besser, 22, Pedersen, 21, Quinn Hughes, 20, oh. Captain Bo Horvat is 24. <laughs> With all of our young guys, they're such drivers right now, Myers, 30, said. The de- development they showed this year, I think, was a lot more than people were expecting. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, they all saw how that went. I Yeah. It's, I mean, we've. <laughs> oh, here's here's a good one. Um, this is from right after the JT Miller trade for my Mac. JT okay. Miller's timing is perfect. Okay. Outrage on the West Coast of the Canucks are courting free agent um, defenseman Tyler Myers has completely engulfed criticism of the acquisition of Miller. Of course, it's not Miller's fault any more than it will be Myers. What a National Hockey League team thinks he is worth. <laughs> I mean, that's true, but like, that's not, I don't know, man. The Myers thing also pisses me off too, because... That was another player What was like, wrong, not even right player, wrong time. It was like wrong player, wrong time. And it was so clear. The one thing I remember is that they they like leaked a higher contract and like a longer contract. And then when it was like a slightly less bad contract, everyone was like, see, it was at least it wasn't the other contract, you know. But I just remember that happening and being like, he's not going to be good for us. And by the last two or three years of his deal, we're going to want to buy him out. And that's fucking exactly what's happened. Oh my god! Because we saw it coming. Okay, yeah, this is definitely a Miller. She wrote uh, article for us right now. I'm just going to jump into it a bit more for my Mac. Um, as one of the top two defensemen still headed towards unrestricted free agency, Myler- Myers could receive on the open market a seven-year contract in excess of fifty million, which is of course absurd for a second or third pairing blue liner with a range and handy puck skills to go with his defensive shortcomings. Many fans in Canucks. Well, I mean, yes, that is too much to pay for him. They're right. Um. <laughs> Many fans in Canucks Nation suggested online that Benning should be fired if he signs Myers, who is 29 years old. But the truly angry were on eBay, pooling their resources to purchase a crown of thorns and an old map of Golgotha. Fucking awesome, I man. What the fuck? <laughs> Aquilini Jesus. wants to be a populist, a man of the people. The billionaire from East Van who never lost his roots as a Canucks fan. Oh my god. But he is stuck by Benning when the angry mob would have fired him years ago. Yes. And they would have been right to do so. But fuck. Yeah, but 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 Stefan, wait, you're you're being unreasonable. <laughs> Before the GM drafted Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes and rebuilt the roster. Mm. Twenty nineteen, by the way. Keenly mm. aware what people would say, and by people, we mean those not employed in the NHL. Oh Aquilini God, will surely have to consider not only what Myers would cost, but uh, would cost him money, but also criticism. Okay, ready for it? Angry yeah. Canucks Twitter is a minority in the fan base, but a significant one. <laughs> if the Canucks don't pay in free agency for defensemen, they'll probably have to pay overpay for one in a trade. Hey, how about that? Uh, but at least that would give Benning the next four months to make his best deal possible instead of next week when managers are hostages uh, to the free agents they're courting. Maybe oh Myers, God, who played man. junior hockey in Kelowna and keeps a home in the Okanagan, will sign for four years at six million per season instead of seven years at eight million. Well, did you have some insight? I just it was six million. So I've been I, I'm still looking for the original article from IMAC from 2016 where he uses the phrase, I think word for word, the heavy lifting of the rebuild is done, oh. and I cannot find <laughs> it anywhere. Like anywhere i feel like it's just been scrubbed or i think we've talked about this like a while back on a super early episode because i think we tried to find it then too i think my theory is that it was like a vancouver sun or province article and those are just like impossible to find online now mm-hmm. um if anyone is able to find it who's who's listening and and, and you know reply to us on twitter or post it in the discord like please please do because i really want to see it but like if you search the phrase the heavy lifting of the rebuild is done on twitter you can see people referencing it uh, all the way back in 2016. So I know it was around then. And that's such an insane fucking thing to believe. And I know it was because he was getting fed that or whatever, probably from the, yeah. the 
the Canucks and, and people in the organization. And they actually believe that too. But it's like, if you are that wrong about something you're getting, I mean, he's getting paid to write about and talk about hockey and to be that wrong. Like, I'm sorry. I, I, I like your opinions just no longer matter whether or not you were just like parroting what the organization was saying at the time and what they believed at the time. <laughs> like, I mean, that's such an insane take. And that was before Pedersen and Hughes that he said the heavy lifting of the rebuild is done. Yeah. That is insane. It's so crazy. And I know that was like seven years ago now, which is also crazy. But like at the time, people were laughing at that take because it was clearly wrong. And I mean, that take has aged so poorly. It's incredible. It was going to um, be a fun one when um, the Canucks inevitably buy out OEL in the summer. The uh, Francesco Aquilini quote tweet of the deal saying really excited to add these players. Oh yeah. That's going to, that's going to be a fun. I mean, there's so many that you can go back and retweet as like a bit now. I mean, that's the one thing I I will give them is that the fact that the official, like the official Canucks account, obviously like they're hiding replies, making fun of Aquilini or saying to sell the team, which is like very funny. But I, the one thing I will give them is that they haven't deleted old posts, such as the the Jim Benning quote, uh, we can turn this team around in a hurry yeah, in yeah, 2014. Yeah. So the fact that that post is still there, I'll give the Canucks some credit. They haven't gone back to scrub old posts, but mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they do at some point because I, I, try, I like to retweet that post like once every few months. Yeah, it's like whenever something really bad happens. It's so funny every single yeah. time, you know? It's incredible. They, um, uh, they gave us a real gift with that one. So there was really one did. other thing that I wanted to do it was an idea I had last night watching the broadcast. Okay. So, you know, Cheech is getting up there in years. Maybe we'll be like yep. Larshide and, and be a color commentator for a long time. Yeah. He really seriously looks like Albert Einstein now. It's yeah, so it's really cool. But wouldn't it be cool if once Cheech retires, BXA took over for him? Wouldn't that oh, be the man. best? God, that would be sick. Do you think... and? I guess he could do it because he's really only on the broadcast once a week, right? Like, yeah, the, he's well, on the Saturday broadcast. Well, because I was, right? I was watching them and like it's post game. It is always Ron, BXA, um, Rudy and yeah. uh, Friedman, right? And Kelly Rudy is regularly the color commentator for like regional Flames yeah. broadcasts. That's true. So like I imagine right now BXA wouldn't want to do something like that because you know, his kids are teens. He's coaching their hockey team, et cetera. Yeah. Right. He's, he still lives in Vancouver though. Right. I believe, I don't know, actually. Yeah. I kind of just assumed that he was in Ontario cause he's always doing the, uh, the Saturday yeah. night broadcast, but who knows, maybe he'd fly in, but that would be the, the absolute perfect replacement. Oh. It would make broadcasts so fun to, to listen. Well, to. you know who else would be really good. And I could see happen, maybe even more likely because we know he's local he does radio spots and he's not on a national thing already, but Yannick Hansen. Oh, that would as, also as be the great. Color guy. He's too big of a shooter though. Like, Oh, but I, Oh, I love it, man. Oh my God. He's yeah. Maybe the Canucks organization wouldn't allow it because yeah. he's, <laughs> he's, he's so honest and like forthcoming, but I think it would be really great. He, to he's a fantastic radio hit. It would also oh. be interesting to have someone that wasn't like a native English speaker doing it. Yeah. Like he, yeah. he has his, his Danish accent or whatever. It would add some, some flavor to it. He seems like a very funny guy. He's a very smart guy. Uh, he's clearly very connected and, and still like pays attention mm-hmm. like very closely. So I don't know. That, that would be great. I mean, hopefully Garrett can go on forever because he's obviously the best. Oh, yeah. Player. Like it. This is the other thing is they had they had like I think I think of them as like the Oilers Hockey Night in Canada broadcasters. Yeah. There's um, I don't know their names. I know the color. I, the, I, I know the um, the color guy is the one that has the really wide head, and it's not not Craig Simpson. No, it's no, not Craig it, Simpson because he's usually on with Chris Cuthbert. The play-by-play guy is Singh is his last name. Uh, he's like a I know who you're talking player. about. It's, it's um, one uh, one of the worst. Uh, Comment. I mean, and, and the West Coast game always gets stuck with kind of the lesser commentators, but yeah. I don't get why we so, just don't well, get Shorthouse for like, the... We usually do if there's an Oilers game on late, yeah. but we don't get... Um, if the, like the Canucks are like the premier late night game, then we then we don't get yeah. them. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 think, I think Singh is like a, a 
decent commentator, but he just, really is clearly like a huge Oilers homer. Yeah, is, there's the there's the Oilers homer, and I just for whatever reason I don't like the way his yell sounds. And yeah. Maybe it's just I'm conditioned from like listening to Short House for the longest time in Jim Houston. But I, I think love we're that, pretty like, spoiled. Yeah, yeah, I love that transatlantic type of twang. Like I like Bachelor for the same reason as well. Yeah, um, yeah, I think Sing is is fine, but like yeah, he's uh, passable. The, the, but like if if you if you listen to him call it. an oil if you listen to him call an Oilers game versus any other team, it's like really clear how yeah. big of an Oilers <laughs> fan he is, Absolutely. and it's just it's kind of a pain in the ass, but. Um, I mean, I guess I get how Leafs fans feel about Jim Houston now. Yeah, <laughs> so. for sure. <laughs> but his voice was cool. Um, <laughs> I want to find the goddamn. Is it? Is it? It's Louis DeBrusque. That's oh, the yeah, color I guy. I don't, I don't like Louis DeBrusque. Yeah, yeah, and he's also yeah. like an, an Oilers dude. So maybe that's yeah. what, that's it. But yeah, um, he needs to calm down. I mean, worst <laughs> all time to me is still Greg Millen. Uh, yeah, well, and he has been doing regional Flames games when Rudy can't, yeah. which is, uh, that stinks. But at least he's, like, yeah. off the uh, the main. What the fuck? Jake DeBrusque is Louis DeBrusque's son? Yeah, you didn't know that? No. Yeah, so he's a Boston homer, too. Ah! <laughs> Get him out of here. Though so, uh, DeBrusque has been good for one of my fantasy teams, so. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, not all bad. Oh, man. Well, yeah. well, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. I mean, a lot of heavy size this episode. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of them uh, to come. But despite uh, a four game win streak, let's go. We still got it, baby. Yeah. Hopefully, Hronik starts playing soon. I mean, the tank is done. The tank is dead. But yeah. I, I just, you know, I'd like to watch him play and, and see what we got with him. But, and McDonough, who we didn't even mention at all, but that seems like oh, he's yeah. going well, to sign last episode. shortly. So his season's done. His college career is finished. So. Uh, presumably he will sign in the next couple of days here. I mean, maybe even today. And it'll but, be uh, a matter if he starts with the the Canucks, which would be cool to see him in the NHL, or if he goes yeah. down to Abbotsford, which will also be cool because, you know, ideally he'd be playing big minutes uh, yeah. in a playoff team. So yeah. either way, I think we, we will, uh, we'll, we'll get some, hopefully some college signings uh, by the time we record our next bonus episode. So. For sure. And the, and the, um, the John Taffer thing is coming soon. Once, yes. Once, once that Patreon payout hits, we're getting the Taffer cameo. We're going to run the the wording by the Discord first so you guys can help out with that because um, there is a there is a character limit when you're submitting these cameo requests. We mm-hmm. want to make sure we're, we're getting him to do it uh, correctly. Um, yeah. But, uh, I mean, he's a pro. Yeah, so I'm it'll sure be sometime it'll be later this month once, like, all of our, our Patreon money is available to withdraw that's right. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're excited. We're excited to see the Taff man. The Taff man. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, his Twitter feed man. rocks. I love oh, it. He just so like good. posts selfies of himself and then like live tweets uh, our rescue episodes. It's great. It's, I mean, he's, he's a king. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks everyone. Yes. Thank and, you. Uh, we'll see you later this week. Later. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.